<laughs> Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brandt. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization connecting people navigating STI stigma to mental health resources. I'm eating a donut. And this is the first thing that I've eaten today. Uh, what time is it? Is it like 11? Yeah, it's after 11. It's 1130 Central Time uh, in the morning, of course. And I have a guest who was willing to meet with me a little bit earlier. So I'm so appreciative of you doing that. Um, so in between, I'm going to snack on this donut, but I'm going to ask you a question. I promise I'm going to be engaged, but I absolutely need to eat this donut, especially while it's warm. But uh, I didn't want to hold you up for too much uh, for your time. And I got a lot of stuff that's going on like in between here too. So again, thank you so much for hopping on here now. So Kelsey, can you tell me what you were diagnosed with, when you were diagnosed, and just walk through the entire experience? I'm going to try and be as quiet as I can in the background eating this donut, and then we'll go from there. So you the host. You were the host for the next like two and a half minutes. (laughs) All right. I like it. No pressure. Um, Okay, so... I was diagnosed last July 2nd, so almost one year ago. You can't mention food. You said queso. What? You said queso. No, I didn't. <laughs> you said, okay, so that's queso. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a roll for cheesy all right. jokes. On the, all right. Uh, I said the go. most cheesy things in recordings today. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, so I was diagnosed last July 2nd, so almost one year ago. Um I got my diagnosis uh, during a routine pap smear. I didn't actually know I was being um, tested for HSV because it didn't come back in any of my blood work. I eventually got a an email about a week after I got all of my other results back from my doctor saying that that um, my HPV was clear and, and fine, but that I probably have herpes. <laughs> It said probably? Yeah. She said probably have herpes. And I was like, huh? And mind you, I get this at an email at 8 o'clock at night from a doctor on like a Friday evening. I was, I was just very taken aback. So anyways, I then um, email her back and I say, okay, well, I would like to schedule a follow-up to find out which type I have, etc. She... She was advising against that because she basically said it doesn't matter, which really pissed me off. And so I pushed even more and I was like, no, I, I deserve to know it's my body, you know? Um, so I did get a blood test a week later and both types came back negative. And I'm not sure if that's because I had just been exposed to it or if it's because she put me on the antiviral right away and it like lowered the, you know, the viral load. I'm not entirely sure. So Yeah, so I found out about a year ago. Um, I eventually went back a few months later to get more blood work done, and I found out I have HSV type 1 genitally. You finished soon as I took another bite. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So so I have it genitally. um, I didn't have any visible symptoms, which is also the the interesting part. Um, I've never had visible symptoms, at least that I've known about. I Apparently, the virus for me lives on my cervix which can be very prevalent for a lot of women. Um, And we don't know because a lot of times it feels like we're having like a yeast infection. 
So we just assume, oh, I'm just having another yeast infection or something like that. So yeah, there's a lot of women walking around out there that have it on their cervix and don't know. Wait, so if you have symptoms on your cervix, Mm -hmm. it can manifest symptoms similar to a yeast infection? It can feel that way, yeah. It can be like the the kind of itchy, burning feeling that you would feel with a yeast infection. How did you find that out? Um, well, she she swabbed me during the pap smear, and then no, no, no. I mean, how did you find out um, about the symptoms of? How did oh, you? Oh, find- feeling like it could be a yeast infection. Yeah. She when I went back in for my like. Uh, to ask her more questions and stuff. She, she kind of told me that she's like, yeah, yours is on your cervix. This actually happens quite a bit. And most women just don't realize it. And it can feel like that you, you may be assuming that it's a yeast infection when it's not. Oh man. I know someone who's struggling with yeast infections right now who has HSV and uh, screw your doctor for not even wanting you to come in for that follow-up. And then you go in and you find this out. Like, what yeah. If, what if you had just been like, okay, you're you're right. You're smarter than me. Let me listen to you. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, before that second follow up, I did my own research and I went in like with all of this knowledge about this stuff. And she was like, "Wow, you you really know a lot about this already, don't you?" And I was like, "Yeah, I uh, you know deserve to know about what's going on with my body." <laughs> and she was like, "You should uh, become an educator on this kind of thing." And I was like, "Yeah, maybe like." later on in life probably not two weeks after getting diagnosed but sure i don't think about it how about maybe you be a doctor you know <laughs> right yeah how about you do your job yeah you don't need to be um, an hr specialist telling me what i should do how about we talk about what you're supposed to be doing here exactly exactly so yeah that was an interesting um diagnosis what was your uh dating experience around this time do you have an idea of how you may have been exposed <laughs> and for the record, I'm done so, with yeah. the donut. Okay, good. Um, so yeah, so I had gotten out of a serious relationship at the beginning of 2020. So from <laughs> good that timing. On, I know, right? It really was. So then I got diagnosed in July. So you know, I was I was trying to date, and I was having some casual sex here and there. I was using protection how I thought I should be, but I will say I did ended up. I did end up having sex with one guy and I found out in the middle of us having sex, he took the condom off without telling me. So yeah, there's that. Um, and I actually, when I got diagnosed, I called him to let him know. And I called a few of my previous partners to let them know. Um, and his response, (laughs) this guy specifically, his response was, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I have someone coming over right now to hook up. And I was like, um, well, I don't know. Maybe tell them that you could be, you could have this, you could expose them to this. I don't know. It's very shocking. What a response. I know. <laughs> yeah, my jaw hit the ground when you said that. It's yeah, like, mine did too when he said that. I was just kind of like, he didn't have to okay, tell really? you that. Like, that wasn't, it seemed like more of a brag than anything else. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's not a good guy, but well. Uh, it'd be like that sometimes. Uh huh. So you let your other partners know, what was that like for you? What made you first off tell them? And these are people that you probably could have just not spoken to again. And there yeah. would have been no violation of ethics. Um, I don't really know. I just, you know, I told the three previous people I had been with. 
And I just felt like I needed to let them know and also was kind of probably hoping that maybe one of them was like, oh, yeah, I have this or, you know, I don't know, trying to figure out maybe where I got it from. But none of them, none of them said it. They came forward with that. They all said they went and got tested afterwards, but I don't know how true that actually is, you know? Yeah. Well, it seems like based on what you're saying and how you're engaging with me right now, that those responses weren't particularly negative. The guy who stealthed you, like he was the only person who uh, had a shit response, right? Yeah. The other two, um, one I did on the phone or the two, two of them I did on the phone. Um, the odd guy obviously has his response. And then the other one on the phone, the guy was really awesome. He was like, Oh shit. Like, are you okay? Like, you know, um, is, you know, is there anything you need for me? Blah, blah, blah. So he was really great. And then the third guy I decided to tell in person because he, we had hung out a couple of times previously and then he wanted to take me on like a date. And I was like, Oh God, like (laughs) gotta tell him this, you know, he'd already, you know, done the deed at this point. And, um, so we went to dinner and uh, before we like get out of the car, I was just like, so I need to talk to you about something. And he was like, okay. And I was like, I just found out that I have herpes. And he was like, I could see like the kind of blood, you know, go from his face. And he was actually very kind and sweet. He was, he also was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, are you okay? And he was like, I'm kind of freaking out, but I mean, it is what it is, blah, blah, blah. So he was cool, and, and we stayed in touch for a little while, but it wasn't going to work out between us anyways, so. Why? You seem like you I didn't want to, you didn't want to say why. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like that that was the yeah. case for you, you know, that, yeah, y'all hung out, but you didn't make any kind of a sacrifice to what it is that you really want because you have herpes, and he might have been okay with it. I, I'm very excited that that was your response to it. Yeah. Well, that's my whole kind of outlook on this is I know I'm still like, I guess, technically newly diagnosed because I'm still in the first year, but I, I learned a lot in my last relationship and I'm not going to settle for anyone. Like I deserve the best. I'm a really good partner. I know that I treat people with respect and kindness and I deserve that back. So yeah. And this doesn't define me, you know, not at all. Uh, When you say you learned a lot from your last relationship, it seems like what you learn has more quality of weight in terms of reflecting like your identity than what happened with your herpes diagnosis. Can you share a little bit about your past relationship? Um, yeah. So we were together for about a year and a half. Um, and it just, things moved really quickly. Um, you know, we, we met on a dating app and then things just jumped into relationship territory really quickly. Uh, he's, he's a good person. He's not a bad person. It just wasn't meant for us in that like romantic sense. But we, we were together probably six months longer than we should have been. And, uh, I just, he was also, he was a good person, but he's also a selfish person when it comes to our relationship. Um, I gave a lot more than, than I received and I've now come to learn I'm like a very, very giving person and sometimes to a fault. So I'm, lear- I'm learning how to set boundaries for myself. Um, so, yeah, I took that out from, from my last relationship that I need to have more boundaries and, and people need to give back, you know. Uh, how old are you? I just turned 29. Oh, congratulations. You're not 30 and you found out boundaries. It took me until I was 30. <laughs> When I, yeah. when I turned 30, I think I was introduced to it. However, mm-hmm. 
you know, here I am almost 33 years old now, and I'm learning just how much of a challenge it is to create those boundaries. Uh, I've almost had to like backtrack in a significant number of ways to figure out what that looks like for me. You just mentioned you weren't getting back. So for me, I have relationship values, I call them. Um, and I guess you can kind of look at them as boundaries depending on you know how you view them. But reciprocity is one of them. If you're not matching what it is that I'm contributing or investing, this won't work out. Maturity is another one. If you can't be mature about you know, our relationship and what it is that we have going on and uh, I can't trust that to be the case. Um, transparency. I say transparency over honesty because you can tell me the truth and still be withholding important, relevant information from me that would be, you know, that you would probably more than uh, likely want to be dishonest about. And then the other one is just consistency. If there's no consistency, then we can't have anything. Inconsistency is a trigger for me. So for someone to be inconsistent in my life, like, I don't think I need that. Like, I really don't. <clears throat> so yeah, those are, I would agree with all of those. Thank you. So those yeah. are like my relationship boundaries, values, things. And I'm figuring out how challenging it is to uphold them because sometimes upholding a boundary looks like stepping away from people. So you have these things in place that are like, okay, you know, this is how you can respect me. Don't be inconsistent. Don't be immature. Don't be not transparent. I Don't be opaque. didn't sound right. So I just had to go <laughs> not be transparent. And then um, just don't take from me. Don't use me, you know? Yeah. So... I found that even in hindsight, like a lot of what my relationship boundaries have come from, they've come from things that people have done that I did not like before. So when we talk about being used, that's where reciprocity came from, being childish and petty and like not wanting to communicate directly, but more so being passive aggressive on social media. That's immature. Mm -hmm. uh, having this like on and off communication or going days without responding to a text or being petty in that sense that's inconsistent so you get like things where also oh i left off transparency so asking someone for information and then if you constantly have to dig and dig and dig for more and yeah they'll be honest with you but like if i didn't do all that digging would you have given me the truth right yeah so these were all things that came from past experiences and relationships that I had that align with what I need in order to be able to trust someone. You give me all four of those things, we got trust and we can go a long way in whatever our relationship looks like. Yeah, trust is huge. I mean, honestly, even now, like just I'm being on different dating apps. If I'm starting to have a conversation with someone and I even like feel a touch of a red flag, I'm like, I'm done. There's no point in moving forward because I'm not going to trust you. I'm going to trust my gut, you know? Yeah. You know what? Ah, you said dating apps and I was, I'm thinking about this. I'm recently out of a relationship, right? And so I'm back on dating apps and <laughs> this is funny. So I get on there and I match with a lady. She's a little older. She says she's married and her best guy friend is moving away 
and she is only looking for someone who can replace her best guy friend. She's, she said that she makes an amazing wing woman and all this other stuff in her bio. So I, I matched off looks. I didn't read all of that until you know after we matched. And so uh, she asked, like, oh, how's your day? So I respond, oh, no, my day's good, blah, blah, blah. And I mentioned something about I, I edited in a podcast and I mentioned editing audio or something. She's like, oh, what are you editing audio for? I was like, podcast. She's like, oh, what's your podcast? What's it about? And I was like, damn, this happened early. I didn't mean for that to happen. So I went on ahead and told her, because that's essentially when I disclosed. I interview people living with STI, starting a nonprofit. Um, I was diagnosed with herpes eight years ago, blah, blah, blah. So she like, she responded to that. And it was just kind of like, uh, oh my God, that's awesome. Thank you for what you do. And then, like, I replied in detail of something that would have kept the conversation going, and she didn't say anything back. So I can't help but think to myself, oh, because I mentioned having herpes, the conversation died. And then on the other hand, it's like, well, is this someone that I would have wanted to interact with? If you're saying you're married and you want a best guy friend to hang out with again, I'm thinking that maybe there's a little bit of an inconsistency there because me having herpes shouldn't be an issue if we're like getting mm-hmm. along. And if we matched, it was more than likely because of something you read on my profile and not necessarily like what I look like, unless you have underlying intentions of, you know, God best friend is actually someone that you're hooking up with or something. I don't see why a conversation stopped. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you wonder what there uh, if there's like a hidden agenda there. Yeah, and I mean, and I'm I would have been fine with just hanging out, being friends. Like I am wanting to connect in that way more. Now, granted, like if the mood strikes, it'd be cool to be able to hook up. But if you've let me know that it's off limits, then I know it's off limits, and not to mm-hmm. push that boundary at all. But yeah, this isn't about me. It's about you. So, <laughs> what's your experience been like on dating apps? Um. I have a few different ones and I've been kind of going through like a roller coaster of like, yeah, I want to date. And then I'm like a couple days later, I'm like, I don't want to date anyone right now. So I'm trying to figure out where I'm at with that. Um, lately, like the last couple of days have been good, but, uh, I have met people on dating apps, both the, uh, ones made for people with herpes and the other ones, um, that website, I don't really like to do, or that app I don't really like anymore. Um, but as far as like the regular ones like Bumble and Hinge and stuff, I've had really good success on them. My uh, way of disclosing is I prefer to do, okay, so actually before I say this, I read something a while ago. I forget where I saw it, but I found it very interesting. Uh, it basically said that positive people tend to disclose the way that they were disclosed to from their doctor. Oh, yeah. I have you I, have you heard that before? I, I said that. Oh, you said that? <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah. So, sorry. I'm like, I listen to no, so many podcasts right. and read so many things. I apologize. But, yeah. Okay, so that makes so much sense because the very first time I disclosed to a potential partner, I did it in person, and it was fine in the moment. But Don't tell me you told day, him maybe you have herpes. Wait, what? Don't tell me you told them maybe you have herpes. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, sorry, this was to, like, someone that I had not slept with, but was, like, had gone on some dates with and was, you know, 
we were leading up to that. Oh, no, no. I was just messing with you because that's how you were yeah. giving your diagnosis. No, sorry, not like that, not like that. Not probably. But what I mean is, uh, okay, so this first time I told him in person, and his response in the moment was fine and, and very caring and stuff. Um, but then the next day I heard from him saying that he did not feel comfortable moving to that place, which was a bummer, but I was just like, okay, that's fine. And looking back on it, I'm like, you know what? I would have been settling for him anyway, so it's all good. Uh, but now I disclose via text message. And so, you know, I get it through, I got it in an email, so I got it in writing. So now I like to have it in writing. I like to send it in writing because I have a script that I use and I'll, I'll read it out for you if you want. But yeah. the way I like to do it is I wait till I've been texting with someone or even phone calls and then I eventually text them and I wait till they've disclosed something personal to me. Um, and it doesn't really matter what it is. It's just once I see that moment of them being vulnerable, I take that opportunity to say, Hey, thank you so much for sharing that with me. Um, since you, you know, disclose this to me, I want to open up to you about something that makes me vulnerable. And then I have my whole script that I send yeah. and how much it's ang- always gotten positive results. How much anxiety do you have, though, like waiting on them to be vulnerable and open up, especially in dating? Because on dating apps, I think it's a lot uh, more superficial than mm-hmm. developing a connection with someone and then like someone opening up. So are you leading people to that point of being vulnerable or are you just organically waiting on it to happen? And are you always like lingering, like, I'm ready. I'm going to pounce on this moment as soon as it shows up. <laughs> no, I definitely wait for it to be organic because I'm at this point where like, I want a relationship that's uh, substantial and like real and I don't want to force anything. And so I feel like if I were pushing people to open up to me, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be right. That makes sense. Okay. Um, how do you deal with the anxiety though? Like, or do you not get anxiety or stressed out about? No, I when definitely am I do. Disclose? I mean, I have anxiety throughout my whole life, you know, but I think for me doing it in a text message to someone that, like, yes, I've built somewhat of a connection with, but if I don't hear back from this person or if they, you know, respond negatively, it's really no skin off my back. Like it's fine. You know, it's, it'll suck for a minute and then I'll be like, okay, they weren't my person. That's a very good way of looking at it. Like, because your person is either going to have it or be okay with the fact that you have it. And whenever you disclose, you're going to get one of three responses. No, thanks. Me too. Or tell me more. So Mm -hmm. really the odds are in your favor because one out of three is going to just be the response that you might expect that comes with rejection. If you think someone's not going to be okay with it, then that's the worst that they can respond is no thanks. Yeah. Um, and if you don't mind, I'll, I'll read the message that yeah, I sent. I'm ready. <laughs> so I actually can't take credit for this. Um, I'm a part of a bunch of like a couple different support groups and some, a girl that used to be in one of the support groups had sent this to me and some other girls and I've tweaked it to my, to my situation a little bit, but I have, gotten like a hundred percent success rate on this. So again, I wait until they've told me something and then I say this. Okay. So since we're opening up about things, I'll share something with you that makes me vulnerable. It truly isn't a big deal at all, but I want you to, I want to let you know because it can be a deal breaker for some people. I'm a carrier of HSV one. It's the herpes virus that two out of three people have that typically cause cold sores for most people. Mine just happens to live down there. 
Majority of people don't even know they have it because it's typically asymptomatic and also doctors don't test for herpes unless they have either shown symptoms for it or you ask specifically for it because it's not a health hazard and 84% of the world's population has a form of the virus today. I've only had one outbreak and I didn't even actually know because I didn't show symptoms of it, but now I take the daily antiviral to prevent transmitting to other partners. But just like birth control and condoms, it's not foolproof and there's still a one to two percent chance of transmission. So I want to be open and honest that almost impossible, there is still a very small chance it could pass to you if you don't already have it, which again, most people already do and they just don't realize it because doctors do not test for it in a normal STI screening. Statistically speaking, if you've been with six people, you've already come across it. I just want you to know I'm very open and honest, and I'm not trying to hide anything, and I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. Just know you have more of a chance of getting it from literally anyone else, even from sharing a straw, since it's typically spread from people's mouths. But hey, if I were a virus, I totally want to shock up in my lady area because it's pretty nice down there. <laughs> can, you, can you copy? And a smiley face. <laughs> can you copy, paste, and... Uh... Send that yeah, to me I'll, tweak, I'll tweak it if I need to. No, you, you know? don't need to tweak it. You can send it just like that, yeah. and I'll uh, I'll put it in the show notes. So if anyone wants to use that, they can just copy and paste yeah. it from there as well. But yeah, yeah that's that's good because I caught myself through listening. There were moments where I was like, "Oh, why are you explaining yourself?" or "Oh, why?" And it really just came full circle. I would think that you informed enough. You, I mean, it's a text message, so uh, without context it was very neutral i was just biased because i'm sitting here looking at you right now and like having spoken to you i kind of have this uh projected tone on the text message so that's completely unnecessary uh because it's coming from me but overall like that was good and then i like the little fun part at the end of yeah if i was a virus i want to be in my lady part too because it's amazing up in there yeah and you get him thinking yeah oh lady part sex yeah Let's talk about it. Yeah, I just, I like that it's really kind of like lightweight at the end there. You know, it's like, I can kind of joke about this, you know, like it's it doesn't have to be super serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I have been in contact for a while before uh, doing this recording. And I cannot for the life of me remember what made you reach out originally. Um. So I found you on the, uh, this podcast will kill you episode that you did. And then I started listening to yours and you just, you know, at that point, I think you were saying like, if anybody wants to jump on here and talk, like reach out. And I was just like, why not? I want to help break the stigma um, as much as I possibly can. So. Yeah. And you're doing yeah. so even in your disclosure, I, I think people look to people who are public about their status and they think that that's the only way to break and challenge stigma, but there's so much more you can do. You challenge stigma before you even knew that you had herpes by challenging your doctor. Um, you challenge the stigma by disclosing to your partners and having created this useful tool for disclosure as well. And by calling your past partners and being like, hey, you know, this might be the situation. The way that you handled it was so just not stigmatizing. And it's really awesome and giving me hope to see that there are people who are not open and public about it because we represent such a small amount of the herpes population considering our privilege right i have a privilege to be able to openly talk about my status whereas someone who works intimately with people like touching their faces or their hair and things like that people would freak out if they found out that these people had herpes so it's really nice to be able to uh have this like time have this uh 
this privilege to be able to like bring people like you and your story into this space so that people understand, okay, well, I don't have to be Courtney in order to uh, challenge the stigma. I don't have to be any of the other Instagram influencers or uh, educators at all. I can just be me and do my part by just informing people, hey, this is what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's all I'm kind of, all I can do right now in, in this moment of my life anyways, is just break it down where I can. And for me, that started with telling all of my friends and most of my family. <laughs> so yeah. Um, told my friends, they were all just like, yeah, most people have it. It's fine. Um, and then actually funny enough, my two best friends, well, one of them, one of them, like maybe a month or two before I got diagnosed, we were talking about stuff and she's like, Kelsey, just be really careful out there. Like I have a friend that just got diagnosed with herpes and I don't want that to happen to you. And then I got diagnosed like a month later and I call her and I was like, guess what? <laughs> and, uh, and we just laughed about it and she was just like, okay, well, and I was like, it is what it is, you know? Um, but then her sister, who's my other best friend, actually, like a few months ago, I was visiting her. She doesn't live where I live. I was visiting her and she goes, so guess what? And I was like, what? She's like, I think I have herpes. And I was like, welcome to the club. Like, <laughs> and she showed me, um, hers is interesting. Hers lives like above her tailbone. So some people get it like, you know, on different parts of their body. Hers isn't specifically like genital or oral, but, um, but yeah, I was like, I was like, how do you feel? And she was like, I'm fine. You've given me all the information I need before I even found out. So, like, I feel totally fine. Yeah. If people had that information or at least knew that they knew someone with herpes before they found out, just imagine how little impact stigma would even have on someone newly diagnosed. It just it just wouldn't be relevant at all. Um, yeah. There may be some internal shame or repressed, like, not repressed, some sort of shame or, like, uh, sexual shame or just personality shame even um, for the behaviors that led to your diagnosis, you know? So yeah. there's, yeah, it, it, being able to navigate the stigma from the outside in, uh, be, meaning you're aware of the stigma before you get diagnosed and how much BS it is. And then when you get diagnosed, that should just amplify your own feelings about the virus. Now, when you go into it, understanding that, oh, you know, there is a stigma or you subscribe to it and you think to yourself, yeah, people with herpes, I'll never have sex with somebody like that. I'll never get herpes, blah, blah, blah. Then it's a lot harder to come out of the other side of that once you do receive the diagnosis. Yeah. Um, the other thing I love to do to help break the stigma <laughs> is why when I know people either get or have gotten cold sores or they have one, I call them out. It's my favorite thing to do. And I don't care if you think I'm an asshole for that. I'm like, you know what? And this happened. So like maybe two weeks after I got diagnosed, I was sitting in my car at work waiting to go in and probably listen to your podcast or someone's podcast. And I have a coworker that walked up to me in my car and was like, Oh my God, Kelsey, I just got this anonymous text message that said that I was exposed to an STI and I need to get tested. And she was like, I swear if it's general herpes, I'm going to kill myself. And I was just like, really? Like, oh, it just, it, for multiple reasons, I have had friends and family members that have taken their own lives. And so like that joke or that line does not sit well with me in any reason, like for any way. 
But the fact that she said that really bothered me because I know for a fact that she gets cold sores. I've seen her with them multiple times. And then probably three days later, she comes to work. She has a cold sore. And I said, hey, babe, you remember how you said that the other day? She's like, yeah. And I was like, you have herpes. She goes, yeah, but I have the good kind. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, there is no good kind. You can still pass that to people genitally through oral sex. And she was like, well, I would never, I would never go down on someone while I have one of these. And I told her it doesn't matter. I said, it doesn't matter. There is a real thing called viral shedding and your body is shedding virus without you knowing about it. So yeah, you can definitely transmit that to people. And she kind of like, I could see her like, you know, thinking about everything and stuff. And I guarantee she's not going to take that information and do anything with it. But I just feel the need to tell people because if they don't, like, I didn't know that, you know, I had friends that got cold sores growing up and I didn't know that that's what that was. Yeah. Uh, way to ruin her life. <laughs> Telling her the truth. <laughs> right? How dare I'm sorry. you tell her her cold sores is more than like the HSV one. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess like, given your energy and your positivity, like you've got just as like you're smiling. Also, thank you for becoming a Patreon subscriber. And oh yeah. I, I noticed Sorry, that right before we recorded. So <laughs> I looked and I was like, Kelsey, oh, oh, that's who I'm interviewing. Yeah, thank you for that. And other yeah. people, if you're listening to this and you want to support something positive for positive people, you can also subscribe as a Patreon member for as little as two dollars and fifty cents per month. Right? That was a, that was the ad. I um, like it. <laughs> Yeah, so is there anything else that you want to leave us with? It seems like, you know, you've got a positive attitude and you're in a good place. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just, like, really wanted to share how I disclosed because it's worked so well for me. And and granted, I've had other times where it's, like, kind of not worked. But I just want people that are out there that are having a hard time disclosing to know that, like, it's not all bad. People are so many people are very accepting of this and like you have nothing to be ashamed of and at least start with disclosing to friends, you know, or family members that can be there to support you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. That concludes this episode of something positive for positive people. Please like rate review, subscribe to share this podcast with whoever you think will find it useful. There is a 2021 HSV survey that can be found at www.spfpp.org. Circulate that in your communities. Send that to your doctors, your clinics, your healthcare providers. Send it to partners that you plan to disclose to. Get it out there because this is going to be the thing that takes something positive for positive people to the next level, especially after having had more than 1,100 people to take the survey. That says a lot about how this community is able to show up for one another in times of need and in times of rising up to challenge stigma. Till next time, stay sex positive.